the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I suppose I should steal myself, and you should as well, for what will be an ongoing onslaught of histrionic attacks, subliminal and otherwise, from the Columbus Dispatch, now that Roe versus Wade has been gloriously overturned, and the state of Ohio has essentially outlawed abortions after the sixth week of pregnancy. Uh, we had, of course... Soon after the overturn, the story of the 10-year-old girl, the exception, who is indicative of every single woman everywhere who wants an abortion, the 10-year-old girl, uh, pregnant, very tragic. Mike DeWine called it a tragedy, and the left responded by mocking DeWine for calling it a tragedy. Well, if it's a tragedy, then you ought to want to prevent all tragedies, and so you ought to make abortion available to everyone. That's their logic. Uh, Today comes another installment of the... uh, post-Roe overturn whining, written by Danae King of the Columbus Dispatch. And the lead reads like this. When Meg Piasecki found out that Women Have Options Ohio, that's a pro-abort organization, was going to help pay for her to get an abortion in Colorado, she started crying and shaking. To me, that meant God always provides for me, said Piasecki. Uh, Bet not. God not providing an abortion for you. Sorry. Not happening. Piasecki of the Northwest Side got an abortion in Colorado when she was almost 25 weeks pregnant in 2018. 25 weeks. Baby is uh, certainly capable with the advancements in NICU. Certainly capable of living outside the body of the mother. Why did she want an abortion at 25 weeks? Because she found out at 20 weeks, at her 20-week ultrasound, that the baby, she and her partner, Ricardo Jimenez, very much wanted, may have had heart problems. So to recap, she's not married, but she has a partner. They very much wanted their baby But they were told it may have heart problems. Now, at that point in time in Ohio, the law was such that you could not perform an abortion after 20 weeks. So she had to go out of state to get the abortion. Now, at this point in time, I'm pausing to give you a window into what my thoughts were when I was first reading the story. And the story is clearly written in an attempt to make you feel sympathetic that women in Ohio now cannot get an abortion after a heartbeat is detected at five or six weeks. But this woman, 
was going to get an abortion at 25 weeks, which was in violation at that time of the Ohio law, which said no abortions after 20 weeks. So the Roe versus Wade overturn had absolutely nothing to do with this woman's story. Nothing. Zero, zip, nada. The law then, when Roe was still in effect, was that in Ohio, you could not get an abortion after 20 weeks. And she wanted to go and get an abortion after 20 weeks. And so she had to go out of state to get an abortion. Yet the whole thrust of this story is about how terrible and awful and nasty it is that you have to go out of state to get an abortion. I fail to see any similarity between her story and the point Danae King and the Columbus Dispatch is clearly trying to make here. The overturn of Roe versus Wade had zero impact on this woman's story. It was against the law then. It would have been against the law now. And did you catch that one little three-letter word that convinced her to travel out of state at great expense, they go into detail about how it cost $14,000 in travel and doctor fees to kill their baby. Did you catch that little three-letter word that convinced her that she needed to kill this child that she and her partner, quote, very much wanted, quote, unquote? May have had heart problems. May. Didn't know for sure, just Maybe. See, I know there are an array of tests that doctors give to children if the mother, yes, the mother, not the birthing person, the mother, agrees to undergo tests for presumably all kinds of things, Down syndrome, this, that, and the other. You do not have to take those tests. They offered those tests to my wife and I, and we were like, no, not interested. We're having the baby no matter what. I don't understand the whole logic behind it. Well, I do understand the logic behind it. It's completely, totally selfish logic. The logic of, well, I want a baby, but only if it's perfect. You know, only if it's perfect. If it's not perfect, if it might have this, if it might have that, if there's a chance it could be this, if there's a chance it could be that, then no, we're not interested. Do you plan on being loving parents, uh, unconditionally loving parents? Yes. Of course. Absolutely. Well, then what if it's not perfect? Like, that'll change how you feel about it? Yeah, but I, just, I don't No, I don't really want to mess with it. Do you really want to be a parent? Yes, I really want to be a parent. But what if it's like a lot more intensive than you think it could be because your child has medical problems? No, no, I'm not interested. These are people who should not be parents if that is the level of your commitment. So... I don't sympathize uh, with this woman. I hope that the child that they now have, I hope it's perfect enough so that she doesn't uh, decide that she doesn't want it anymore. She says later, no one should have to leave their home state or even their home county or town to access the care that they need. Why not? I'm just asking a question. Why not? If you live in a rural area of Ohio, my parents lived in a rural area of Ohio. My dad and mom had heart problems. 
could they get the care that they needed in their home county? Eh, sometimes. Sometimes the hospital in their home county could take care of them. Sometimes they had to come to Columbus. Why? Because in Columbus they had bigger hospitals with bigger staffs, greater expertise, more equipment. What a nonsensical statement. No one should have to leave their home state or even their home county or town to access the care that they need. No, that's pretty routine, actually. All across America, you go, remember, people go, oh, they went all the way to the Mayo Clinic. Well, that's not fair. Nobody should have to act. Nobody should have to leave their town or their county. I guess I should not be shocked that a person selfish enough to abort a child because they may have heart issues would be so self-absorbed that they would think that it's unfair that they would ever have to leave their home, county, or town to get the care that they need. Now, in tandem with that story, on Dispatch.com, is another story where Ohioans are offering help to Kentucky women seeking abortions. People offering, people offering them that they can come here and get an abortion instead. I thought we were. I thought they, the pro-aborts were going cuckoo over the fact that we can't get abortions here in Ohio, and now we have women in Ohio offering up their homes. Their abortion B&B. Maybe I should uh, trademark that in case the people from Planned Parenthood decide to brand that and make a little money on the side off of that. So here's the thing that's going to happen. I predict this will happen. We are going to get to about half the states where abortion is going to be really, really hard to get and about half the states where it's going to be available for a while with some restrictions. But eventually, I think we're going to get to about 35 to 40 states where abortion will not be available after 6 to 10 weeks. And then there will always be the places where evil is more rampant than it is in the middle of the country, places like New York, New Jersey, Maryland, California, Washington, Oregon. Those states will always have abortion. And you know what? If we get to the point where people relocate to those states based solely upon their abortion policy, that'll be fine. Because then all the selfish people will be confined to about 10 states. And the rest of us will be able to live much more peaceably. I am not kidding. I saw that and I'm like, man, I had to go get that. And my wife is out of town, and if I go and get that, I don't think there's any way that I could keep it hidden in my yard barn. Where did you get that? Uh, I, cu- I could go with the classic, oh, I've had this. I've had it for a while. Yeah. When did you get it? No, we're not going down that. Somebody go buy that, so I don't. <laughs> now, how about the latest polls on uh, Joe Biden's popularity? Did you see the Monmouth poll? You know, we see polls and hear polls all the time, and his approval numbers are declining, and they're, they're down below 40%. Mm, whoa. And in some states, they're down below 30%. But the Monmouth poll, to me, was like, what? 88% of Americans say the country is on the wrong track. 88%. Now, I wish the country was 88%. Republican. It's clearly not. 
it's about mm, what 40 40 20 40 republican 40 democrat 20 other undecided so for 88 percent of the people to tell monmouth eh, i think we're on the wrong track and only 10 percent to say yeah i think we're good i think we're good that's jim biden hunter biden jill biden jen Psaki, and joy reed that's it those are the 10 uh <laughs> So here is another poll from Harvard. Now, I don't, I haven't checked the politics at Harvard lately, but I don't think they're right-leaning. Uh, the latest poll from Stagwell, the Harvard Center for American Political Studies, and Harris says that 64% of the country are re- report that their financial situation is getting worse. My hand goes up to that which is almost double the percentage in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, Other topics covered in this poll, Biden's approval rating, the 2024 presidential candidate field, the Supreme Court's decision on Roe versus Wade, and more. I could care less about all that. What about uh, new presidential challengers? I find that interesting. 71% of all voters do not want Biden to run for re-election. I'm in the 29% there. I want him to run for re-election. I was thinking about that last night. Man, I hope he runs for re-election. I hope he's not kidding around. I hope Kamala's not kidding around. Wouldn't it be so fantastic to have him running for re-election? Now, 61% do not want Trump to run in 2024, although they are not unified in the reason why. A third say Trump is too erratic. He will divide America. And a third... What nut, What crazy nut jobs? Say he's responsible for January the 6th. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, here's Carl Rove, a pollster of some renown himself, on where we might be headed in terms of the future of politics if, in fact, Joe Biden does not run and if, in fact, Donald Trump does not run. There's a brand new poll out from Harris Caps, the Center for Politics uh, and Society at Harvard. 71% of those surveyed said Biden shouldn't run for a second term. Don't run. 45% said it's because he's been a bad president. 30% say it's because he's too old. 26% say because it's time for a change. Now, that's not very good numbers. I mean, you're talking about... You basically, you know, less than two years in, about 18 months into the process, and already people are saying, don't, please, this is enough. Now, before Republicans start standing up and screaming and shouting and saying, boy, ain't that great news, they also ask about Trump, President Trump, 61% said don't run, 36% said because he's too erratic, 33% said it because he divide the country, and 30% say it because he's responsible for January 6th. The country, in my opinion, is building up ahead of steam for dramatic change in both parties, Hmm. a generational shift from the octogenarians or near octogenarians to a new group of of younger leaders. And as a result, politics is going to be awful darn exciting. Hmm. There are a lot of stories out that Trump is getting close to announcing that he's going to run in 2024. If he's going to make that announcement, I wish he'd wait till after the midterms. We don't need a bounce. We don't need to you know, get Republican voters enthused with an announcement that Trump is running again. What I think that would do is energize Democratic voters to say, wow, we can't let 
Republicans take control of the Senate. The ship has sailed on the House then. Republicans are going to take control of the House. But we can't let Republicans get control of the Senate. So I think that would help, for instance, I think that would help Raphael Warnock in Georgia. I think that would help the senator whose name escapes me at the moment from Nevada. Two Democrats who, if they hold on to those two seats, it'd be harder for the Republicans to get control of the Senate. Here's what I've gathered just from my own. This is just me putting things together that I've heard. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and you might know that the governor of South Dakota, Christy Nome, now has a new book out. Great title. Not my first rodeo. Really a good title. Um, I don't know where I stand exactly on Christy Nome. I think she's uh, got a great story, raised on a big ranch, kind of like Yellowstone. Dad died suddenly. She found a bunch of mini cassette tapes in her dad's truck months after he died. Very touching story. But Christy Nome's never lost an election, by the way. She's running for governor again in South Dakota, but that doesn't mean she wouldn't be a national political candidate in 2024. And what I just discern from her conversations and the things she has said, I played the cut for you last week from interview was that where she said oh you know I'm uh, not really thinking about running oh Hugh Hewitt Hugh had her on in the morning and she said no if Trump runs I'm not running well I've since listened to her on a podcast with Megyn Kelly it's very obvious that if Trump runs Mike Pence is not going to be his vice president I'm going to tell you right now Christy Nome is going to be Donald Trump's running mate Trump's going to run and Christy Nome is going to be his running mate Because the way she talks about him, the reverential tones in which she talks about him, makes it clear to me that at at worst, she's angling for a spot on his ticket. Because, look, look at it from a savvy political standpoint. She knows Trump could only be president for one term. She is correct in that Trump's policies were phenomenal for our country. They will only seem to be more phenomenal for our country in the aftermath of a four-year run of ineptitude and illogic by Joe Biden. Prices will come back down. Regulations will be eased. Drill, baby, drill will become the mantra of the American energy industry. And so Trump, as divisive as he is individually, I think The distance between the exit of the Biden administration and the accomplishments of a second Trump administration convinced Christy Nome that I'll be able to be the president in 2028 because I'll have the bully pulpit of the vice presidential platform for a guy who can't run for reelection because he's already served two terms. I think that's her political strategy. So she's some of the new blood that's coming into national politics. What will Tom Cotton do? I think we all believe DeSantis is going to run. All those things bear watching. On the Democratic side, Gavin Newsom, J.B. Pritzker are going to be the two governors seeking the Democratic nomination. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.